ain't good for games. Say it to my face. Say it to my What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You have tuned in to the flyest sports and entertainment podcast in all the land. This is Stat Lines Matter. I'm your host, Mark Stewart. Here with my partner in crime, Mr. Rob Hunter Jr. I always have to put the junior What's up, my brother? <laughs> What's up, guys? What's up, everybody? Man, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing good. How you doing? Man, I'm doing really good. I'm gonna hit the um I'm gonna hit the the, the stunt button real quick. Um, before we get into everything, we should get one of those for. This is we can hit yeah, it. We just hit it and then make a sound like. Bruh, 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 bruh. This this is not a flex. This is this is just what my life is. I had a uh, uh, my wife and I, my brother and his wife. We went to see Lionel Richie last night, who's a legend. Um, I've been a fan of Lionel since you know I was a kid with the Commodores, and then got to hang out and have drinks with him after the show. And he's got story for days, stories for days, and he's just an amazing guy. But I wanted to get that in. It's like. I hung out with Lionel Richie last like night. Like I did that. I hung out and with Lionel. I drank too much, so I'm, and I'm a little hungover. Really? What, yeah. what, what were you drinking? Wine, because when you go to Chastain, you drink a lot of wine, and then when we got to the uh, hotel, then switched to martinis. Ah, switched so, to martinis. What kind of wine were you drinking? Um, my wife likes French wine, so I don't speak French. So it just if it says blah, 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 I just buy it. You just run that. Yeah. So, so she if calls the play. My wife calls the wine plays, okay. and she's a, a French wine drinker. So that's we we drink what she picked. So what you play? You call what plays on the other end? Um, the, the, I know liquor plays, but what kind? Um, I'm a Scotch guy. Scotch guy. Yeah. What's your favorite Scotch? I don't have a favorite Scotch, but I I, I like I, all. I just I mix them up. I mix them up. Like I I like uh, I, Balvini. Like I like McAllen. Balvini. That sounds Italian. I don't know. You can't even sure. make you can't even make scotch in Italy. <laughs> yeah, I, I like them all. Anyways, I, um, I wanted the uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about with you. We usually have conversations all through the week, and I usually know your position on stuff, or we have a chance to exchange ideas even before we come here and record. For some reason, we have not discussed this, um, but I know you have a strong opinion on it. Uh, LeBron, who is kind of, I guess you could say back in the news, LeBron's always in the news, um, is catching a lot of heat for um, really celebrating and getting involved with his son's basketball games, um, being there, being sort of the dad that's sort of on the sidelines. But I guess when you're LeBron... Dunking in the layup line. Dunking in the layup line, which I think is just unbelievable. I think it's awesome. But he's catching heat because I like guys like Jason Whitlock are out here like, really killing him, saying that he's embarrassing himself and he's embarrassing his son. And I'm just like, why? Okay, first of all, let me let me lay out my disclaimer. I am not the biggest LeBron James fan. If you've ever tuned into the show, you know that I've been very critical of him. And I have a bias. My bias is based on I am a Michael Jordan. I'm a Chicagoan. I am a Michael Jordan fan. I don't like the comparisons as the GOAT. Uh, in the GOAT discussion. So as a result, I'm anti-LeBron doing anything to bring him closer to the GOAT conversation. So I will I will highlight any stat and anything that, that, that illustrates or puts light on the fact that he's not as good as Mike. However, I am a huge supporter of who he is off the court, the things that he's done for the community, uh, particularly like just really changing the sort of the basis of like, like systemic systemic racism and all that, he does the things that sort of go directly at the heart of that. Um, so I support him there. 
this is a new thing. And the attacks are coming from people like Jason Whitlock, who's supposed to be part of the community, killing him for being present at his kids' games. What 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 was your thought? Because I know you're like a dad. You got a son in basketball. He's like Bronny's age. You guys are doing similar things. Where do you stand on this? Well, I, I don't I, I don't get it. Um, LeBron James. Okay, first off, LeBron James is a superhero. He's a superhero. He is probably the biggest superhero over the last ten years that we closest thing to a super, superhero that we've had. And if you show up to a game and the superhero is there doing his superhero things, that's generally something that you would embrace. I think. Right. Just as a fan. Um, now, you know, people don't know the relationship with my father, but it, we had our ups and downs. And uh, one of the downs was he wasn't always at my games. So when I look at LeBron just being at the games, considering all the other things that he could be doing, legitimate things that he could be doing, the businesses that he's running uh, with, um, I believe it's uh, Spring Hill, entertainment and all the things, you know, preparing for the off season or preparing for the upcoming season, you know, he could be doing a lot. He doesn't have to come to every game, but he's seemingly there at every single game. And I think that I embrace it. You know, I don't, I, I don't understand. And I think the play, I think where the, 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 the uh, when, when things kind of tipped over, if you will, where he started receiving, cause he, he had been receiving some criticism was the dunk. Uh, the alley oop that right. um, which is an amazing play. Yeah, by the but way. but but the irony, the ironic part about this is that that wasn't his kid. No, yeah. and his kid wasn't even in the game. Right. So 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 if you've ever seen a through the leg alley oop uh, dunk in a pickup game, in a, right? <laughs> that's that reaction is fairly on par for what happens right. when they did it in a regulation game, right. and these kids are going to the ninth grade. Yeah, D- that's about. That's it. Might even be a little bit subdued <laughs> the reaction. Yes, because you look like you caught the Holy Ghost when somebody does anything even remotely close to that. If you've seen the games at the Rucker or at Dykeman or at the Drew League or any of your parks in Chicago, when you see something like that, the crowd goes up. Right, and he just went up, and I think, and 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 not to mention, he looks healthy. Like, did you see the scissor kick yeah. in the air and the like? He looked yeah. like you know, and then obviously the dunks that he's doing in the layup line. I, Jason Whitlock. Uh, in particular, we're talking about, you know, because he did his closing, I believe it was his closing rant, yeah. or his closing thing on LeBron. And he ended with, LeBron, you need to sit your ass down. Right. And I, I just I, I just want to know, like, you know, can, can okay, if I can dunk, okay, and my kids were, you know, warming up for the game, my son would probably want me to throw one down. You know, if sure. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I've never been able to do it. You know what I'm saying? I've never, right. I've grazed the rim a couple times, and in my brain, in my mind, in my dreams, I've dunked a lot, but I've never ever been able to throw one down. And so I'm just wondering, from Jason Whitlock's perspective, like, yo, can can you dunk? I mean, I ain't talking about a donut. I'm talking about yeah. like, can uh, you on the seven foot you know jammer? I mean, right. do you have any kids? You know what I'm saying? Are you do you do you know what it's like to put a smile on not only your son's face, but he's the opposing team? When you hear you about to play the blue, I believe the blue chip all stars. Um, if I've got that name wrong, you know, you correct me. But and you and you you you're hoping that LeBron does all the things that you've seen on Instagram, the Ball is Life uh, page, right. all of those, you know, all that. You you're hoping that he does that stuff. So I think that and, and the really cool thing about LeBron and I, I'll, I'll close with this, is that he won't compete in the dunk competition in the NBA. But you know who he will dunk for? The kids. Yeah, that is so awesome. Cause I was thinking of like, and you, you hit on something. Um, I too did not have my dad at 
my games because my dad lived out of state. I lived in Illinois and he lived in on the West Coast. So when, when I saw him, it was like, you know, holidays, birthdays, things of that nature. Um, but being the couple of times that I, that he was in the, the stands, it was awesome. And my dad wasn't 6'8". He didn't play for the Lakers. <laughs> he couldn't dunk a basketball. <laughs> um, imagine having that and being able to go, man, my dad's here and he's, he's turned up. And imagine how the other kids feel. Yes. Like that are on the team. And that's what I love about LeBron, in addition to being there and supporting his own son. He's supporting those other kids too. And that's just giving them so much confidence and so much belief in themselves that will be with them beyond the game. It's yeah. not like he's like the presence. So that's why I, I'm really irritated by Jason Whitlock and those that sort of uh, echo his position because w- the ripple effect of this is so serious of him being there. So why would you ask him to not be there or be there in that capacity? And I think the other thing, and I'll say this in closing, is that he, LeBron was a young dad. There's, from what I could tell, maybe 20, 21 years between uh, Bronny Jr. Because I think Bronny Jr. is 13, 14. He's and, yeah, 14. And LeBron Sr. is 34, about to be 35, I believe. So you do the math, it's 20, 21 years. Um, so there's probably a connection that they have that there's a part of their relationship that is like not like your, your old dad, but like your young dad who really rocks with you, sure who is. listens to the same music, y'all dress alike, you know what I mean? Like yeah. all of that. And I think that adds to his enthusiasm about what his son is doing. So I, I in that regard, I, I like, like I said, I'm, I've been critical of him, some of his GM moves and how he runs sort of the league in a Machiavellian type of way. But I am fully 100% behind him on this and I want to tell everybody that's anti this Jason Whitlock and all of the people who jumped on that leave LeBron the hell alone leave him alone and let him do what he's doing you 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 remember Whitlock was the same was is the, that's the same guy that came out when LeBron had the racist uh Sure. Sprayed on his yeah, and he uh, and he said he should just get over it, yeah, like because like, that's not yeah, it's not racist because he said what did he say he said he said he's got his his uh he's got a bunch of minions that'll just clean it up clean or it something. Up. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah, no, that that was essentially the take. Yeah, and so it seems like you know uh, his his attitude towards LeBron and uh, you know where he's taken his career, and I guess he didn't like him going to L.A. Because uh, he was like, well, he's trying to uh, boost his uh, media brand. He's trying to boost his his uh, social media presence and and things. And, and I just I just think that I think that partic- I, I think it's irresponsible, right? Particularly with you know, given the plight and given the the current state of affairs in this country, and you know what and and how LeBron's been going back and forth with certain uh, political figures. You know, you you we shouldn't be taking the side of a, a black father's excitement. As anything other than that, exactly. So, so, so to Jason Whitlock, um, you know, I, I think you know, I'm not gonna say any. Did you hear what D.L. Hughley said? No, D. L. I Hughley didn't. Absolutely killed he, him. But he, I'll just, I'll just say this. I gotta check that. Out. I think you need to fall back on LeBron. Seriously, know? he needs to fall back, like, cause he looks crazy. Um, one of the things that I saw, uh, and I know you saw this, cause we did, we did get a chance to discuss this, is the uh, that fight between uh, the Cincinnati Reds. 
No, and, it was and, Amir uh, Garrett against the Pirates. Well, it was, yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, Amir Garrett from the Cincinnati Reds fighting the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, now, the crazy thing is there's a lot of bad blood between these two teams anyway. Bean balls, you know, you have guys that are that are uh, posing for their home runs. You got bat flips. You got a whole bunch of stuff that's sort of just anti-traditional baseball rules. And then the traditional sort of responses are, are kicking in, which is really the source of all the, the fights. It's always based on how how baseball used to be played. I hit a home run, you pose too much, or you bat flip, I'm going to put one in your back. Then my guy's gonna put one in your your guy's back, and then you know it's on and popping. But in this particular case, and I had never seen this, a dude just took off from the mound. On he was about to be taken out, uh, Amir Garrett, and said, "You know what? I'm about to go deal with this." Yeah, and and really turned up, like yeah. really went over there and took a real took a real swing. He yeah. didn't he didn't get it flushed because he don't box for a living, but he took a real swipe. But at my he man. took three of them. Three of them failed. Like three of them, like three of them, they fell they down. Flood. Like yeah, yeah, like so. Yeah. So I think that he may have gotten a couple in, at least in the scrum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I guess apparently, um, Derek Dietrich back in April at PNC Park hit a home run. Uh, and Derek Dietrich plays for the Pirates, and uh, no, he plays for I'm sorry, the Reds, the Reds, and and PNC Park is obviously in Pittsburgh, and he hit a home run, and I guess he admired it a little bit too long. And so this was an extension, I guess, from what uh, obviously that had been brewing earlier in the year. And Dietrich wasn't in the game. He's the second baseman for uh, the Reds. Um, wasn't in any, and they put him in. And um, one of the, the pitcher from Pittsburgh in the seventh inning uh, threw one high and tight. Right. And you know that's basically where everything kind of, uh, at least from from in this game, uh, picked up from there. And um, you know, so and I think that uh, you know watching him. Charge, charge! You know, you see normally see people charge the mound. He charged the he dugout. charged the dugout. So like, you got to really give him credit because <laughs> he's coming in hot. He's coming in hot, and he's like, "Yo, bring it!" Yeah, he's coming. I'm like, all, I'm right here. He wanted to fight the whole Pittsburgh. He wanted to fight Roberto Clemente, <laughs> <laughs> Willie Stargell. Yo, probably, some yo, of the Willie Steelers. Gone. Yeah. You know, Willie gone. <laughs> he went Jerome Bettis. He won the A. Who? The Roonies. Yeah. Where's oh, Khalifa? Yeah. Anybody yo. that's from Pittsburgh. He like, I want it. I want everybody. I, it was it was really it was really something else to see him just go in there. Just yes. go into the B. You gotta you gotta take I, and, and I'm not a big fan of, of the baseball fight. I think we need to legislate some of those traditional baseball things out of the game. So cause that's usually at the source of it. But for what this was, it was legit. And one of the two things that I uh, one of the things I noticed that was interesting about with the managers, you have the managers, you know, who are both um, oh, old school yeah, players, yeah, you know, yeah. from back in the day. Yeah. I watched these guys growing David up. David Bell and Clint Hurdle. David Bell was was, was trying to get e- at him, but he was ejected. And came out the clubhouse. He came out of the clubhouse to turn up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he had he was he was supposed to be in street clothes. He was supposed to be getting a, yeah. a hot dog and a, and a drink or a beer. Yeah, and he was like, nah. Yeah, he came he came out the out the bullpen on that. Like, ad. let's go. Like, like oh, okay, yeah. He he got at him. He pushed him, and then he got tackled. Yeah. by the hitting coach uh, Rick Eckstein from Pittsburgh. He was still trying to. Yeah, he was like okay, well I'm already ejected. Let, yeah, let what can, what can they do to yeah. me? And so the next day, which was yesterday, um, you know, uh, the Wednesday game, if you will, for guys that you know. For a timestamp, yeah, uh, they came out before the game, and you know, you know, you meet it, you exchange the uh, lineups, but they didn't shake hands. Nah, there's like there's real bad blood. And then on the flip side, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard this. If if I got this wrong, just 
send us a text and say I got it wrong. Or just be quiet and let us get it wrong and pretend we're right. Yeah, but I think what I heard is that Hurdle has had two hip replacement surgeries. Oh, man. Like, so... (laughs) You got to be careful. (laughs) Yeah, but he's out here still trying to be in the mix. Now, he didn't get in it like David Bell. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if I've had two... Hit replacement surgeries. I'm not even coming out of the dugout. No, I'm a chill. I'm gonna just sit here and be like, man, no, y'all, y'all just, got this. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let them do it, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna slide my hand over a bat just in case, <laughs> and I'm just gonna sit back and be like, hey, look, I don't want any problems, but if you come, if in you here, come in here, yeah. you gonna get that business. <laughs> yeah, you gonna, but and I'm, I'm gonna be like, who's next? <laughs> <laughs> um, tell you were telling me about this guy, these uh, uh, MMA fighter. He's a, I guess he's the Trump MMA fighter. Can you can you share with me? Because I, I heard a little something about it. There's a guy that's literally going, that has invited Trump Jr. And, and Eric. And Eric, the, the dummy other son, the one nobody wants to talk about, um, to his fight. And this guy rocks the MAGA hat and the whole nine. What's what's this guy's deal? Because that's I mean, he, that's you all know, bad. he's basically a... Uh, a loyal, he calls himself a loyal soldier in the MAGA army. Um, his name is Colby Covington. He's a little scary. Those are the, the, even just the way you worded it is a little scary. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's a uh, 31 years old, 14 and one, um, taking, he's fighting in the main event against a guy named Robbie Lawler, who is, uh, 37 years old and a 28 and 13 is his record. No, so he, um, be, he takes occasional whooping. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> every other, basically every other time he yeah, fights. He's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'll take an ass whooping. Yeah, you know clearly. I mean? But they're in the main event this weekend. And uh, so he was are you really. Getting the, are so, you getting the fight? It, I believe it's coming on ESPN. Oh, okay. No, so no so I will. So, so, um, so he was uh, coming out of a building. I believe it was in New York. And TMZ cameras caught up with him. And, um. You know, they asked him, you know, about uh, they asked him about his his support. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know, Donald and uh, Donald Trump Jr. And Eric Trump will be at his fight. And he's really excited about it. And uh, he also believes they asked him about, well, what do you think? How would Donald Trump uh, senior, if you will, uh, fare as a fight? He said he fared great. He's got hands like bricks and he could punch. He can knock somebody out with one. How punch. does he know that? Because he went to the White House and he met him. Well, did he? Did they hold hands? Yeah, they actually took a picture. <laughs> Uh, they, you know, I guess they shook hands. Oh, you know they shook hands. But, so, but if you're so, saying he's got like you, so that oh, that's that's your man. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So, so that's the that's the picture there for uh, for those that um that haven't seen it yet. Or go on to TMZ.com and you can see this bullshit. Um, <laughs> call it like, you call but uh, but anyway, he's fighting Robbie like Lawler. So, uh, who you got? Uh, I'm going with the guy fighting the guy with the red hat on. Yeah. So I'm I'm with the other guy. Yeah, yeah. So we I'm with Lawler. Yeah. So we'll be uh we'll be de- and so Robbie Lawler is actually white and Filipino, so there is some some. Um, but my here's the thing that I'm I'm a little bit bummed out. I I'd rather Lawler just for my own narrative sake. I'd rather uh the other guy be fighting someone else. I think Lawler. Is probably gonna lose based on his record. Hey, hold on. We don't he need be taking that. We gonna pull off the upset. We don't need that out there. Like that. he's probably gonna lose. We need to be sending all the the energy. You don't want to me about the energy from back in the day, right? Chicago Bull game. And if anybody said anything even remotely Go close off. to man, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go so, off. So we need the energy. We need to ride. We need to fair enough. Chicago Bull. You know, circa ninety nine energy. For 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 Robbie Lawler <laughs> finals against Utah. <laughs> yeah, Energy. yeah, yeah. So Robbie Lawler, we with you this weekend. 
Um, Kobe Covington, um, yeah, you, uh, yeah, you, you public enemy number one as far as we're concerned. And, uh, I, I, what's his name, Robbie Covington? <laughs> you combine both their names, so it's Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington is 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 the. Trump. I'm not a I'm not a UFC and he, guy. He and you know just so so if if you guys don't know this, Dana White is a big time uh, Trump supporter too. He spoke at the uh, RNC uh, national well, that is the national convention, the RNC the Republican National Convention back in 2016. Um, big time supporter of Trump, so that whole thing can go to hell in the handbasket for all I care. Um, and, but we need to be rooting for Robbie uh, Lawler. If you uh, care about, you know, this was right. Yeah, in the world, it's not even political. For the righteous, yeah, for the righteous, for the righteousness. Do you love the Lord? <laughs> exactly. Do you love the Lord? Like, hey, I, I see what you did there, but yeah. it's real. Like, I feel you on that. Um, another reason that I know I probably all the time say I'm excited, but I'm super excited because we're about to get NFL football, college football is just around the corner. We are in full blown training camp mode. Um, so now the not just the football talk, but the narratives, the storylines, all that is getting going. And this is like one of my favorite times of year, um, even before we were doing this podcast, to just get on the phone, get on the group text with my guys and start talking about these storylines um, of what's going on. One of the things that I think is super duper dope uh, that I want to talk about is, um, and I'm not a you know, New Orleans fan, but I'm an NFL fan. If you're if you're a Saints fan right now, you have to feel great that you got um, Michael Thomas's deal done. He's in camp because there was a, a little bit of a holdout, but he didn't miss a lot. Five years, one hundred million dollars, sixty one million guaranteed. Um, that is the best contract that's ever been given to a non quarterback. Um, so skill position player, a skill yeah. position player. Yeah. So Bigger, I t- man, tip a tip of the cap to him. Congratulations to him. Uh, his team over at um, what is I think athlete athletes first his agent um, he's got a, a good young agent that that sort of drove this deal so I'm excited for them man yeah um, Michael Thomas I think we now we it's, it, once you get that kind of bread it's Tomas <laughs> Michael he just get an accent yeah just Tomas <laughs> I mean he about to be able to get all the egg to faith all the room a lot. <laughs> You know all the, all the, all, all the whatever the extra bowl of gumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, so, so I mean, but they had to pay him though, right? I mean, they yeah. had to pay him. Um, which you know, as a Falcon fan, I was gonna say, how does this, how does this make you feel because I'm, of what I'm for still, Julio? I'm still well, not Julio. Julio, but Julio's gonna want that if he's like if he's here. I've been doing that longer than he's been doing. Okay, that. so Julio had them come out and said that. He doesn't want to be the highest paid already. Really? Yeah, he was like, he want to make sure that there's money left over. He's kind to of taking a, a Tom Brady approach Smart. to, uh, you know, to 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 his contract negotiations. So um, it it will be interesting to see if you know he stands by that. But Julio's always had a uh, his contracts have always been Falcon friendly. Uh, so right. hopefully, um, you know, that'll continue. But as for me, uh, you know, looking to, to 2020. You know the Saints have twenty, I believe, twenty six million in dead cap, and that's due to how they structured Drew Brees' deal. Mm-hmm. And then in twenty twenty one, they have Alvin Kamara; his deal is coming, coming up. up. Um, and uh, their uh, Pro Bowl guard, uh, Larry Walford, is coming up in the same at the same time. So I'm stoked that they're going to be probably in somewhat of a uh, salary cap. Uh, I don't want to say hell, but no, they might have to figure some things out. Hell, yeah. Um, so <laughs> so I'm I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so so he's got so fourteen hundred. He waited. Until the right year, right year to have his bet, 125 catches, uh, 1400 yards, um, nine Serious. touchdowns. I mean, you know, he went on Instagram and had this long dissertation, 
And I, I just, I mean, when you get that kind of money, I would just be thanking all type of people. Like, I mean, first of all, I want to thank Slim, <laughs> Slim and Baby, and the Hot Boys <laughs> and Turk and them. But without them, I never even would have heard of New Orleans. You know, <laughs> you just start. I want to thank uh, Louisiana State University. I didn't go there. I ain't go there. I went to Ohio State. I ain't even take no visit. But I like their colors, so I want to thank them. Right. <laughs> I want to thank Cafe Dumont for them beignets. I'm gonna buy Yo. all of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, hey, I mean, that's just so. So shout out. And then he's a JUCO guy. Really? Yeah, he's a JUCO guy. Where did he? It was did he go to any of those uh, popular JUCOs? No, nah, well, that end up on the uh, last. No, nah, uh, he last wasn't on no Last Chance U. But uh, yeah, he went. He's from Cali. You know, went JUCO route and ended up uh, at Ohio State. And then he was he redshirted his sophomore year. As a matter of fact, so and he's a second round pick, forty seventh overall. So, yeah. so and not a lot of people like, even though he played big time college football, nobody really saw this. I don't know if not like, if even, you see your forty seventh yeah, pick overall. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean shoot, I, I, hey, look, look. So he, so well, and 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 kudos to him, right, to be able to take advantage of the situation. You know, you 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 get drafted by New Orleans. You've got an opportunity to make some cash just by extension of who your quarterback and, and the uh, and offensive coordinator yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. Shout out to him. Man. Yeah, man. Congratulations to him um, for literally just getting an amazing deal and to the Saints for getting a holdout in camp and avoiding, you know, those distractions. So look know? for the accent over the A. Yeah. <laughs> Tomas. Tomas. Now he, he Latin there. <laughs> um, I also uh, saw that on oh, the opposite end of the spectrum is Zeke Elliott. Um has not gotten as much. Now the interesting, I'm I'm a little torn on this because I'm usually pro pro player on like contracts and so forth. And a lot of times people don't really know and do their research. So like Zeke is holding out, but Zeke has two years left on his deal mm-hmm. that's set to pay him two years, pay to pay him twelve million over the next two years. Granted, he's severely underpaid for what he does. I get that. And I also get that if the if the team has the ability to cut you ahead of the, your contract being done, I also think the player has the ability to come back and request a renegotiation. What I don't agree with is I think you got to come to camp and at least try to go through the work or or like when you when you just go I'm not showing up, it says something about where you place yourself over team. Especially with two years remaining. Yeah, the the two years remaining thing, I think, is a little that that's what you would call off putting, right? It's it's why why are you doing that now? Because they have the team option for next year. You really your leverage is somewhat compromised just given the fact that they have the team option. Um, and then he's you know he's taking a trip to Cabo, uh, which is where he went during his. Suspension. Yeah, I was gonna say he, he and he um, trains down there, so yeah. it's not like he's. Oh, no. I think we think he's down there, like you know, he gonna, chilling. He gonna come back ready. Yeah, you know, so that's. I don't think that's the question, but I just think that you know, going into negotiations, it seems like if you're in Jerry Jones' good graces, which uh, he seems to have been. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously he went to bat uh, for him in 2017 with his suspension. Um, you know, there's been some talk of Jerry Jones helping him out of a couple of situations as it relates to car accidents and and things like that. There's a lawsuit going on with him right now. So, so if there's been if, if they if he's going to bat for you, I think just from a approach standpoint, as getting the deal done, if that's what you want, I think it would help if you were there having the negotiations as opposed to taking a hard line in the sand. Um, so, so, so all I'm saying is I'm not saying don't go after your money. 
I'm saying just change your approach. Right. That's all. No, and I, I, I totally get that. And I think I think where his him and his team are reading the leverage is they're going, look, there's some specific stats that it uh that support him with respect to how the team plays uh when he's playing. Now, there's the obvious, like, okay, he's a good player, his backup's not as good, but things like how they operate off of play action when he's in the game versus when he's not, the the disparity is serious. Um Dak Prescott's a better quarterback when he has that obvious things, but this team doesn't have a lot of other runners that they can go to. And as much as Jerry comes out and says, hey, and I think Jerry's been misquoted saying, you know, oh, we can win without Zeke. I don't think that was the – first of all, it's not the quote. He was answering a question, and he was saying you don't have to have a rushing champion in order to win a Super Bowl, which is true. You have to have a running game, an effective running game. And I think anytime you have Zeke and that offensive line, you you, you have an effective running game. That needs to happen, but he doesn't have to be a champion – you know, elite runner to do so. Like, the Patriots prove that all the time. They may not have elite runners, but they have an elite running game. Which is ironic because the three championships that Dallas won, they had Emmitt Smith was the Russian champion. <laughs> so so for, well, him he should to, know that. for him to say that is a bit rich. Yeah, I was about to say, of everybody, he should know that. But, you like, did you see uh, Michael Irvin going to the mat for, for – for, for, okay, all right. So we all know that. Michael, well, for those of you who may not know, Michael Irvin has had some uh, well documented. He likes the uh, uh, what would you say? Uh, he likes he likes to have some fun, yes. If you will. And he likes to have fun, uh, or has in the past. And watching him get up out of his seat and literally, you know, throw a tantrum for Zeke caused me to think that maybe there's been some sort of a potential relapse. <laughs> <laughs> no, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, what is he on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I mean, what is he on or coming off? That of? ain't just coffee. No, <laughs> you know he. I drink, I drink a lot of coffee, and I, I've I, had, I've had three cups today. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got nowhere near the <laughs> Yo, level of yeah, tartness that he and, got to. And his nostrils, you can see them uh, going in and out. What they call that? Constricting and <laughs> restricting, or whatever. Yeah. Yo, I, so and I just and so and Stephen A's literally sitting there like. I can't match that intensity. Right. Like, you got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Which is saying a lot because Stephen A. B. Turk. Yes. He's the he he's easily the most bombastic personality on ESPN. And now that Mike's back, he just was like, oh, no. He's a new sheriff in town. Oh, man. And, and he be sweating. Yeah, he, oh, he be totally sweating, sweating like a and, Baptist and, preacher and, in the and, South. And, 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 and his, his fro <laughs> didn't look as dry. Back in the day, he used to be kind of juiced up a little bit. No, it's, like, it, look, it, it, it looked it looked super dry. Yeah, and it looked super like extra dyed black. Yeah, <laughs> like like what's going on? Like it's why like, do you have jet black like, hair? And he not picking it. He using a comb for his fro. <laughs> and he, he coming for it. Yeah, he using a comb for. He's just all right. Hey, hey, baby, hand me that last little bit of that stuff. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm out the door. It, you know? Listen, I'm not. I'm not gonna go and say that I know for a fact. But I'm just like, where is he getting this intensity from? And like, why? Just even why is he doing that on television? I felt. I felt bad. Yeah, it just. It just. It looked. It look, looked. He looked crazy. Yeah, he looked crazy on 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 the damn television. Like show. seriously, like, we're gonna and, be and, nice and about and it, but he looked what? nuts. And you know what? From, from no other analyst, even Stephen A. Would you like excuse that type of behavior? Someone getting up out of their seat. 
and, 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 and making that type of dramatic display and yelling to the top of his lungs on TV. <laughs> right. You hey Whitlock, you need to shit sit sit his ass. Down no, that's what I'm saying. Whitlock needs to be all over that. So I would, so I would, I would probably put in his contract like, look, bro, you gotta take a sedative before you get on here just to be regular, just to chill like yeah, how everybody else. Because ain't nobody gonna be able to tell. Yeah. You're still gonna be crunk.